Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Mellis. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a, another episode of Industry Night with me, Nikki Mellis, here on Real Fun DC. A quick background for those of you who don't know. Um, you probably hear me every Sunday with my husband, David Nellis, on Foodie and the Beast, the DC area's only food and wine variety show that we've been doing for 13 years, uh, which is no match, actually, for our 25 years of being married together. Uh, you probably also hear me regularly on WTP, T, WTOP Radio, where I talk about trends and uh, roundups of what's happening in the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene. You better be following me on social at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter for all the latest and greatest happening around the area. And of course, where it all began, the list are you on it.com, the online e-zine that goes out to over 40,000 subscribers. And we do cover everything happening in the hospitality industry. Now, I do want to thank you for joining me. And as many of you know from last week's show, that despite being vaccinated, boosted, and being overall careful, like completely masked and hand sanitized, um, David and I still contracted the COVID virus. And while we got the all clear yesterday, uh, yay, uh, we are really taking it easy. Uh, we're still not ready to go out and socialize with everyone, even though we are like the super immune for like the next 90 days, which um, I cannot wait to rock. Um, and for those of you who know my husband and I, um, we have been in the house alone with no children, just two dogs for over 14 days and are still around to talk about it. I think there should be some award uh, for that. But listen, at the end of the day, we are, I am in incredibly grateful and so fortunate because we were sick and I do mean really sick, but we were very fortunate. We got that antibody treatment. And I, as I said already, I mean, I can't even express the gratitude I have for that, but with all of my gratitude and all of my graciousness, I do have a ton of anger. Um, I lay it at the feet of those of you who refuse to get vaccinated. Um, you're why the breakthroughs are happening. You're going to screw it up for everybody. Not only did you mess with my physical well-being, my husband is 20 years older than me, his physical well-being, our psyches, um, our 25th wedding anniversary trip to Sardinia, um, but you're screwing with everyone. And it's not right because if we do the right things, getting vaccinated, wearing masks, all doing all our good stuff, you're not getting vaccinated, we'll cause the breakthroughs. And then everybody's gonna get it. So I know my little sad sob story is not, uh, it's probably falling on deaf ears because there's people who have died and people who wind up in the hospital and I didn't have either of those. But if you're on the fence, you know somebody who is, maybe it'll make you think just a little bit. Okay, so on with the show. So normally at this point in the show, I tell you about all the fabulous places I've been eating and where I've been shopping and what I've been doing. Uh, as I've just mentioned, I've been in my house for 14 days. So none of this has been happening. Uh, but if you went to the list, are you on it.com, you will still find everything happening around the area. So let me point you to a couple of things. Openings. There are so many restaurant openings happening right now from Succotash Prime to Bizona Bakery and Cracked Eggery. In the coming soon section, everything you've been hearing about, we update regularly on when they're actually going to open. The buzz has every promotion happening in the DC metro area, area, including delish tastes, autumn activations, and what you're drinking. 
the calendar. Oh my God, the calendar. Thank God I have such an amazing staff. It is swollen with events, tastings, concerts, virtual gatherings. And just a reminder, the calendar is updated daily. The rest of the site gets an entire refresh every Friday morning. You can sign up and get one of the blasts, or you can just go to the site and check out what's happening. It is free. Okay, on today's show, you hear me say a lot that food is my profession, which it is, and I love it, and fashion is totally a passion, um, but can we put fashion and design under the same umbrella? Um, well, I am. Um, I personally love gorgeous design, um, and I definitely have my own aesthetic, but I don't trust it completely, which is why I rely on experts to guide me through decorating experiences. So lucky me today, I have Marielle Hereda, who is the director of design for Van Meter Homes and Jill Switzer, who is the creative director of Eleanor Thomas Studio. Um, but first, as I mentioned earlier, fall activations are like popping up all around the city because uh, summer ones are totally wrapping up. And today, Lena Galperina, uh, is the visitor experience director at Art Tech House. And if you haven't been there, it is amazing uh, interactive experience that has been around for the last four and a half years. Uh, and they just launched their Life of a Neuron. So we are going to get into that. Hey, Lena, how are you? Hello, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So for those who have not had the pleasure of going to Art Tech House, which is near the wharf, and near the Mandarin Oriental. Um, what is that, C Street? Uh, it's actually Maryland Avenue, but it's- Maryland, okay, Maryland Avenue. The Design Center, I think, is on C Street. So the next block over. Okay, so tell us about Artec House and its creation. Artec House opened its doors in the summer of 2017 as the first um, art space in this country dedicated to artists who use technology to create. Our founders have actually been doing art events around the city for nearly a decade before they opened their permanent location, Art Tech House, uh, Sandra and Tati. And the goal was to create a space for 21st century arts where we can be a platform for both the artists that are innovators and pushing the boundaries and also open our doors to all the lovely residents in the DC area as well as guests here to experience art like they haven't experienced before. But it's really a multimedia, multi-sensory experience. And, you know, and I, as somebody who's been multiple times, I can say every time I first walk in, because you walk into like a big warehousey kind of room, I'm always kind of like, I mean, I'm going to be here for 10 minutes. And then, of course, I wind up staying for like an hour and a half because there, there is more than meets the eye. So can you talk about sort of the artists that you work with and, and how you go about um, executing the work that they're doing? I think what you said there, that there are more that meets the eye, it's beautifully put. And I thank you for saying that. And thank you for visiting us so many times. Mm -hmm. I think what's truly special about this kind of art is that it invites the visitors to be an active participant, whether it's through immersion of the senses, or in some cases, the art that we showcase is actually directly interactive, which means that people can impact the art completed and bring elements of themselves to their environment. And working with artists, for us, it's special and important that we are working with people that are pushing the boundaries, doing things that haven't been done before. Um, one thing that we're always conscious of is that technology is a tool. It's a tool that all of us use in our everyday lives for various uh, purposes. And artists are 
of course, um, always curious and exploring tools in new and innovative ways. So it's not necessarily about what technology is, of course, sometimes that plays a big role, what kind of technology you use. And we at Arctic House are very proud of the state of the art technology that we have um, to offer to the artists and our visitors to experience. But what we really look for are those people that are sharing beautiful ideas, exploring um, creative new methods and really pushing the boundaries for what an art experience is. Uh, we're at that precipice of transformation. Um, if you can imagine a hundred years ago, the people who were the first to see the first movie, um, when that, that story of a train coming at them and people running out because they didn't know how to cope with an experience like that. Um, we're at that point right now in our society that the art that's being created by these innovators is presenting an experience unlike any other. And we are very proud to be a space that people can step into and have that uh, first time experience with us. Well, I, I, everything you say is totally accurate. The very first time you experience, because some of the activations are light and movement based. So when you move your arm or you move your body, it changes the effect of the art. Um, and it's for people who have children, it is really terrific for children because it's one of the few uh, museums in town where they don't have to stay quiet or inactive. Um, so, but let's talk about the current one and how it differs from those in the past and, and how people can get through it. Of course. Uh, so Life of a Neuron, we're very excited. This is a special exhibition for us. We're starting our previews actually next Thursday, September 23rd, with the official opening on September 27th. And three years ago, we were approached by Society for Neuroscience uh, because they reached their 50 year anniversary and 50 years of incredible scientific research into our brain and how it works. And the scientists that are part of this society uh, 40,000 of them around the globe, of course, are very well versed in neuroscience and are doing discoveries that are helping us understand who we are as humans and how we experience the world around us. But it's not necessarily information that's easy for our, us, people who are not in that field, to understand. And so their goal was to partner with us, and we were very honored to uh, be able to partner with Society in Neuroscience to do this, to take scientific research, and it's actually groundbreaking scientific research that was done specifically for this exhibition, and transform it into an art experience. Uh, as you, we were talking a bit about before, art has this incredible way of uh, giving us an experience that's sensory, that's emotional, that helps us connect to the world around us. So the goal and intent with this exhibition, Life of a Neuron, is to give our visitors an opportunity uh, to experience science, neuroscience, and learn, uh, connect to it on an emotional level. And ultimately, we hope that it gives our visitors a chance to understand themselves better, understand themselves on a biological level, but also think about how they experience the world around them, how our environments and the context that we're in shape who we are as human beings, and how scientists such as neuro for example, in this case, in the neuroscience field, are really doing incredible research that help all of us progress as society, uh, take better care of ourselves and experience the world uh, in a beautiful way. Well, I love that as a social commentary because I think it's really important right now. I mean, especially since you heard my introduction to this show, but let's talk about what it feels like. So for somebody who's never come before, 
give us like what one of the installations will feel like or or, or visualize it. Help us help us visualize what it feels like. Of course. So our main space is gonna host the installation, uh, which the, the exhibit gets its title from, A Life of a Neuron, which is centered around the scientific data of visualizing a human neuron. Um, I, before I go on, I wanna emphasize how important that is because even in the science field, um, working with a human uh, sample of the brain is very rare. So the scientists were all very excited about this. And basically people will get to step into the smallest cell of what makes them who they are. And it's gonna be a visual and audio experience. Actually, in preparation for this exhibit, we upgraded the audio and visual uh, technology in our main space. So for you, it's gonna be a, almost a brand new experience stepping into it. It's gonna be very different as before. Um, you're not only gonna be surrounded um, to the sides, but even below you, you will see moving images that are rooted in scientific information, but tell the story of a neuron. The special thing is, we each have the neurons that we're born with predominantly, and those are the ones that go with us through our lives. And we're telling the story of one neuron from pre-birth to death. So this beautiful visual story is gonna unfold all around our visitors. It's gonna surround them in beautiful crisp resolution as well as sound that travels around them. And I think it'll be a very, uh, we're hoping both sensory experience and an emotional experience because it's gonna give people an insight into the very small building block that makes us who we are as human beings. Uh, well, I mean, count me as a sign up. Obviously I'm coming in to check it out. I don't think I've missed an installation since you guys have started. Um, but quick question, cause I'm sure people do wanna know, I mean, in the time of COVID, what are you doing? Because it is an enclosed space uh, so that people feel safe. For us, safety is our first priority. Um, just like everyone else, we closed our doors for a time period last year. And when we were gearing up to open, uh, we the first thing we did was look at all the recommendations by the international health organizations and make sure that we employ them in our day-to-day -day procedures so that everyone feels safe from our team to the visitors that enter. So of course, uh, Everybody is masked. We ask for social distancing, lots of sanitation stations. Uh, we have a reduced number of people in the space uh, compared to before. And overall, it's beautiful to see how everybody is willing to participate in this and engage uh, with the art in a safe manner. So from for our team, it's very important that we do the latest, um, we, we act on the latest recommendations by international health organizations. Excellent. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, people do need to know that. And, you know, listen, tourism is so important to DC and our tech house is someplace I send people when they come to town as one of the things to see because it's so different, but people do want to know how people are treating it, how seriously they're treating it. And I mean, we're so lucky we live where we live because most people are on the same page. Um, Lena, thank you so much for joining me today and filling us in about the new experience at our tech house. Just tell everybody where they can find you online and where they can find you on social media, please. 
course. So uh, artichouse.com is our website. We hope you will visit us, get all the information and the exhibition that is also where you can buy the tickets and reserve your spot uh, to visit us because we do recommend, especially as I mentioned before, that people reserve their tickets ahead of time. Uh, and of course, we are also on social media, Artic House on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we hope you'll follow us so that you'll be in the know of all the exciting exhibitions we have at our DC location and also our other locations. Currently, we're in New York and Miami. Excellent. Thank you so much, Lena. Thanks for your time. This is Nikki Nellis on Industry Night. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're jumping into home design and what you're going to be doing to your house soon. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back on Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis. As always, follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. To be honest, I really can't stand Facebook. So you're better off following me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like Twitter, but I love it. So, and I think it's a great communicator. Uh, anyway, as I said in the beginning of the show, I love home design. And um, I've actually hosted several designers and experts within the industry to talk about trends before. Um, and I love it. And I am I'm a literal voyeur when it comes to home design because I have, I don't trust myself when it comes to putting it all in place, which is why I rely on the experts. Um, so with summer ending and fall and winter, unfortunately rolling in, um, I've got the experts in to talk about it. So as I said in the beginning of the show, Marielle Heredia, who is going to say her last name much better than I did. Uh, she is the director of design for Van Meter Homes and Jill Switzer, who is uh, the creative director at Eleanor Thomas Studio. So uh, Marielle, I'd like to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Absolutely. Okay, so let's, for people who don't know who Van Meter Homes is, let's start right there. Yeah, so Van Meter, it's a Northern Virginia established home builder. Um, we've been here since 1955. Well, I have been, I've been in Van Meter for only 10 years, but uh, yeah, so we, we live in the area. We know what people want and we focus on designing the houses that they want and will want in the future, so. But so, but home design in general, architecture of the home and what goes like the exterior and then the interior. I mean, I feel like the last 20 years has seen massive, massive changes in what you're seeing in new homes today. Correct. Um, our houses, as you know, are becoming not just only healthier places to live, but also are becoming, are, people are wanting more secure houses, smarter houses, and flexible even to accommodate the, the way we live in the 21st century. Like the spaces inside the house have evolved, as we know, especially lately with all the pandemic and all that, people are wanting more to be outdoors. You know, people are staying more at home, so there's other needs that it used to be 10 years ago even. No, that's entirely true. So let's talk about some of the big changes. Um, Technology must be huge, right? I mean, you you just said it, smart homes. What does that mean? And how is it being implemented today in the houses that you guys are doing? Yeah, so smart home tech, it's set to boom and revolutionize the way we live. 
And as part of that smart technology, we have seen many interesting things. And, and yeah, as you know, there's many things that are automatic, automated and all that. Um, but the way Bitmere is incorporating, and I'm pretty sure you heard about Powerhouse, and, and which is a leading um, prototype of house that Bitmere um, is using to research how the house in the future will be. Um, Powerhouse focuses on sustainability and clean energy and, you know, and, and focuses on, on being um, the latest, of having the latest of the latest. And then part of the things that we have in, in Powerhouse is the, the really cool thing is that it's the pod-like modules and, and, and the minima, the minima, we minimize the waste of the house and the way it's traditionally been built this, this whole time, right? Uh, we, do, we did it in our factory in Winchester and um, it's an eco-friendly option. It has power solar panels that make the house net positive, which means the house produces more energy that it needs. So the house could be essentially put anywhere and it will, it will be sufficient with energy and all that. Um, and it also has, of course, um, chargers for, for Tesla and all that. It includes a Tesla battery, battery, which is what's storing the energy from the solar panels. Um, mm -hmm. But also includes uh, cutting edge technology. Like it has this really cool intelligent toilet, <laughs> which I can get over it. Um, it's 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 a toilet that is motionless. It's hands free. You immediately go to the bathroom. This thing opens and closes on itself because it sends you there. Um, but it also cleans itself with UV lighting, and 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 it focuses on that cleanliness cleanliness aspect of the of the healthy home, right? Mm. Um, but it also includes things like smart lighting and um, and the, the whole house is controlled by this um, whole house energy control system. It's essentially an iPad where you can control the entire house. Like you will know if your water is leaking or the, the entire information about all the energy consumption, if you even want to do that. Um, but you can have all the information right in your just like it's, it's what the smart technology is becoming, right? It's, it's more knowledge. It's not just something cool to have. It's like, it's becoming a necessity, right? Well, I think that's really interesting. When you first were talking about the technology, I live in a house from the mid 1800s. Um, so to say that technology is not what's going on in my house is the understatement of the century. Uh, but, you know, and we live in an old, older area, so there, there are a lot of power outages. So like my first thought was, yeah, I'll have all this tech and then the power will go out and then what? But if it's solar powered, that's not the case, right? Correct, it's not. The, your solar panels are storing the energy. And if you have a Tesla battery, the, the extra energy that it doesn't use is stored there. So Amazing. even when there's no sun, you could still have energy in your house, like power, and it's, it's gonna run. Uh, That's and amazing. all your tacky stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's brilliant. I, I love that. Um, our house actually can't have solar panels because we have a tin <laughs> roof, but I'm, I'm totally obsessed with it. I think it's it's totally way of the future. And we, we try to be as sustainable as possible in our house with, you know, rain barrels and composting and things like that. How is sustainability being featured in these newer homes that you guys are building? Because it's so smart because you're you're doing it for the right reasons, but maybe people who are buying it, you know, don't care. So how are you incorporating sustainability into your new homes? Well, our appliances are extra efficient. You know, we have smart lighting instead of this regular 
and can bet some lights. And we mm-hmm. offer many features of the powerhouse. That was the main reason why Van Meter committed to design a house that will do all this stuff. Because it, even though we offered many of these things as an option right now for our houses, and it, it would include them too, but uh, powerhouse is like the ultimate um, example of what the, the house of the future could look like, including mm-hmm. all these features. So that's what we're looking into here, how a production builder that is used to do the tr- traditional way or, of building will look into the future and say what the house of the future will look like. It's like a step forward. You know, we're leading the industry. This house hasn't been, been built before. This is the first of a kind for a production yeah. builder. So I this mean, is it's how we exciting. are integrating. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I, I find yeah. it very exciting. Um, let's just talk quickly before we head over to Jill. Let's talk about kitchens and bathrooms. You sort of touched on both of them briefly, but what are you seeing? I think for, for so long, everybody wanted just big houses, big houses, big spaces, um, you know, massive kitchens, massive living areas, which I, I, to me, I think there was a time where I thought that was attractive. And as I'm, maybe at age, I, I just, I don't want it. I, I, it's not that I want a tiny space, but I want, I want something where there's not a lot of empty space that it's well used. So what are kitchens and bathrooms looking like for you guys now? The, the kitchens, you know, it all depends on how big the house and how many people hmm. it can accommodate. So sure. that's the size of the kitchen you're gonna get. Now, we are seeing in kitchens, of course, they're becoming this multifunctional space. It's not just the kitchen to cook, right? It's the kitchen to do many other things, study, um, play with the kids, what Entertain, entertaining, right. Entertaining, specifically entertaining space. And, and with that, we had partnered with, um, with Chef Spike Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn, you may know him mm-hmm. from Top Chef of America. He was, I, he was he's, he's been on my show 100,000 times. <laughs> so, so, you know Spike. Yeah. I know Spike um, really well. He is Van Meter culinary lifestyle expert, and we partnered with him to create this ultimate entertainment spaces of kitchens, right? So it's a chef kitchen, that's how we call it. And we created from dual islands to L-shaped islands mixed with table and, and, and share settings so people can enjoy their kitchens like if it was a restaurant, right? They don't even have to leave home. They have it right at home. Uh, but on top of that, we we took a step forward and we look at the pantry, for example, and we, we did a secondary kitchen in our pantry, which is like the messy part of the kitchen, right? You, you are allowed to get messy in that area. You can cook, cook, do everything you want. You have a stove, you have a sink, you have a, a fridge, you cook there, but your kitchen, it's as clean as possible and your guests will enjoy it and you can entertain there all day long. So, mm-hmm. and we're starting, we're starting to see many people asking for these secondary kitchens more and more. So that's really trendy right now in the kitchens. Like, well, we used to call those catering kitchens. So, you know, like I have a bunch of friends that have a second kitchen um, and they, they always called it a catering kitchen because mm-hmm. they would do all the cooking in there. And I, I remember the very first time my girlfriend who built a house had one, I was like, yeah, but your really amazing oven is in the other it's the room. Other <laughs> Why? I mean, I, I don't, I was like, I don't understand, but at least have the good oven where you're actually doing the cooking, but whatever, it's a statement piece. All right, Marielle, I'm going to move to Jill, but we'll come back and we'll talk about how you and Jill work together. Um, so hi, Jill, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. Um, so Jill, Tell me about 
design and a little bit of the Eleanor Thomas studio aesthetic, where you guys come from when it comes to home design? Sure. So um, I spent, I actually spent the last decade um, designing alongside my husband in commercial design um, mm -hmm. at Tech Group. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then over the past um, year or so, once COVID hit, we had so many clients coming to us asking, do you guys do residential too? And um, between that and also spending so much time at home with my children and mm -hmm. realizing that there was, um, there were so many parallels between uh, the work that I was doing, um, trying to encourage innovation and creativity in the workplace. There's so many parallels between that and the creative play and learning that we try to do in our homes with our children. Um, that I just decided to create Eleanor Thomas Studio. And so we really work with our clients trying to figure out what the goals, what are, what's important to your family. And that's how we approach design. We take um, your family values and what you find important as a family, how you connect as a family, whether that's through dining or music or playing games. And that's really what starts our foundation when we start working with a client. Okay, so it's so you're evolving, obviously, from what you used to do. So how did you decide, what was your look with businesses and how did that transplant, uh, translate, excuse me, to what you were doing in homes? Um, sure, so one of the big, one of the big correlations especially with everyone being um, stuck in their homes more, is mm -hmm. that um, desire to have a connection to nature. And there's so much research out there about biophilic design and how um, we as humans have this uh, innate connection to nature and mm -hmm. um, how that connection, bringing that connection into our workplaces or into our homes um, really affects how we work or how we live and how we build connections with each other. Um, so I've just been really bringing a lot of that research, workplace design, um, retail, religious design. Uh, there's so much research there on how to form connections with people and how to um, make people more innovative or creative. And mm -hmm. I've really just been bringing that research um, that we've done for that through biophilic design and really applying that to homes because the end of the day it's it if that's our innate connection then um it works no matter what the setting is well i agree with you on that i had never really heard about biofilic design so i'm really sort of fascinated at uh the whole sort of concept and how it gets used so could we talk about um sort of colors that you're working with these days um you know, every year there's some sort of announcement about the kind of colors that people should be using. Um, you know, I, there's, I, I feel like when I look at different design, I feel like I see like either one or the other, like massive bolds or super neutral. Um, and there's like never anything in between. So where do you fall on that? And, you know, like I think the days of the one wall colored, like I feel like there's been a real shift and how people are doing design these days. What are, how are you doing that? Sure, so I'm not afraid of contrast. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there's a, a time and a place for both like those muted neutrals and then the more bold colors. Um, I think that recently, especially this year, we've gone into the more 
um, more of the earth tones. Um, we used to have so many of those cool grays and we're kind of bringing that warmth back in. Um, so bringing in some of those um, beiges and um, the really the warm grays. Um, I think that it's still um, something to go really bold with, that you don't have to be afraid of color. I think especially if you're looking at um, some of the fall inspiration, if you're connected with fashion, you're seeing a lot of those saturated hues. Um, and I think that we shouldn't be afraid to embrace some of those. But again, I think um, a lot of the, the colors that we're seeing are uh, those connections to nature. So those earth tones, um, bringing in kind of like the, the worldly feel um, through the colors that we use in our home. So are you finding that you're sort of putting in pops of color maybe instead of on the wall or on the, on the big pieces on the couch, that instead it's in the pillows or on the rugs or in the accent pieces? Are you finding that that's the way you're imbuing color into you know, a room scenario? Yeah, I definitely think that's one of the easiest ways to bring color in. And it's a, a great way that you can change it out seasonally or when the trends change. You know, for 2022, we're looking at more retro tones where we're going to see more moss greens and some of the burnt oranges that um, we used to see a long time ago. Um, Those so are the 70s is, colors, total yeah. California boho chic. Are we going to have like avocado colored appliances again? Because like, that's what I grew up with. <laughs> I, I hope we don't take it that far, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, no, I love that sort of boho California, like retro 70s look. I mean, plants to me, um, I had Amanda McClemens from Salt and Sundry on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she also has a store called Little Leaf. And I mean, if you had told me 10 years ago that my house would be filled with massive plants, and then I actually take care of them and they live and survive and like I'm propagating and all that. I mean, I can't even believe what's happening for me. But, um, you know, that to me is a huge design trend that people have brought, you know, not just a plant or two, but like plants as a part of the design of their roots. Yes, it makes you feel better. It's going to increase your wellness. It's that, that's part of biophilic design. As humans, for thousands of years, we have been evolving with nature, right? And so only recently have we confined ourselves into these built environments. And so we innately want to have that connection with nature. So the more that we can bring that into our spaces, um, the better we're all going to feel. Industry Night with Nikki Netflix. Real Fun DC. <sighs> Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Okay, and one other thing I wanna talk about before I bring you and Marielle together. I wanna to talk wallpaper. Because I really feel like, you know, like my mom had every room in the house was basically papered and, uh, and my grandmother, uh, and they worked with interior decorators. Um, but, you know, there was sort of like for years, like probably the last 25 years, people were like, uh, no, no wallpaper, very little wallpaper. But now I'm really sort of seeing a trend that it's kind of coming back. And I have to be honest, I'm loving it. I think some of it is really fabulous. But a, like a, a, an acquaintance of mine papered her entire dining room, which was a mistake. Maybe a wall or maybe the bathroom. Well, how are, are you using papers? Do you find them exciting? Are you like 
paint is always the best way to go. I love, I love wallpaper. I think it's a great way to make a bold statement. Again, if you're um, someone who likes more um, a modern aesthetic um, and has kind of the simple furniture, putting a wall covering up just will totally change the feeling of that space. And I think it can really tie things together. Um, so I'm not afraid to go bold. Um, big prints, um, again, having that as an opportunity to use color. Uh, I think that's something that we're gonna be seeing for the next few years as, as um, a trend. Well, so speaking of trends, when it comes to a home builder and their design, Jill, how does, how do a, an interior decorator and a home builder, how, does, how do you guys work together? Sure, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, we both want to get the client and their, their families to enjoy the space that they're in. And so we work together um, to put their priorities first, like how they're going to be using the space and how they want that to feel. So we can work closely together to uh, make sure that we get those priorities straight. Mm -hmm. And Marielle, what about for you guys? Because you must work with so many different people. <laughs> Yes, um, we get a lot of feedback from our um, customers, if you would, um, and we also do a lot of research in order to design our spaces. Um, and, and the way it's evolving is, I mean, the way that, what I can talk about is the way the space inside the homes is evolving. For example, um, instead of telling people, oh, this is the dining room and this is the bedroom number four or whatever, these are flex rooms. These are rooms that you can make these rooms whatever you want. And I think people are you need to, to let them think what that space can be. And that's where the interior designer comes in place because they are the ones saying, okay, yeah, I have this room, but this doesn't have to be a bedroom with a bed and a nightstand. You know, this could be a playroom or a game room or, or whatever. And I think the way we have evolved as humans, right? And especially lately because of the pandemic and all that and being at homes for so long, um, rooms evolve, you know, you don't really need a bedroom, you don't really need a dining room, you know, the, the, the spaces now become studies, game rooms, whatever, you name it. And then the same thing with the, the biophilic design and the connection to nature, the way we do it as architects, uh, we, natural lighting is very important. So we, mm -hmm. we have big windows, you know, we're trying to create that connection to nature, at least visually, but also instead of having one door to go out there, you have a a nine foot door sliding glass door where you can connect to the outdoor steel still, but you're inside. And of course the, the other level of that is terraces and, and three season rooms and all that, which we're, we're seeing people more and more want in their houses, like off the bat, like they're, they don't even wait, they buy it just from the get go. So it's really well, important. And, yeah, and I would imagine Jill, you too. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm recording this outside. I mean, I, I'm almost claustrophobic in my house at this point, like I, really find and being outdoors and my outdoor space it's where I want to be for as long as I possibly can right like I mean I don't I don't like the cold so I'm not out here but you know we, we live in DC it's temperate so um but so Jill when it came to sort of making these indoor outdoor spaces what what are you finding some of the big trends for that is that you're totally digging um, well, besides bringing the foliage in, um, it's as simple as using warm wood tones, bringing in the warm wood tones, um, using a variety of textures to give people that warmth. Um, mm -hmm. 
using candlelight, fireplaces, fire pits, um, all of that, using that type of lighting to create a warmth um, that gives you that natural feel. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's something that we've been doing a lot. Um, it even goes to um, some of our biophilic principles even go to how we might set up a room. Um, people really like to feel covered from behind and like someone's not going to come and approach them from behind and scare them. Um, it's like an <laughs> evolutionary principle, right? Okay. You want to be able to see off into the distance and who's coming, but you want to feel like warm and protected behind. Um, so that's, it goes into how we might set up a room and how you're sitting. And, um, you know, if you have a reading area or an office, how you might want to, to feel in that way. So those connections to nature, it can be as simple as seeing a natural element, or it can be um, something a little bit more abstract about how the, the room is oriented. God, I love that. Is that a little feng shui-y or is that, I mean, do you, do people, I mean, you just sort of rolled your eyes. I mean, I feel like, you know, there are people who are really into that. And I think there are components yeah. of it that certainly makes sense, but it doesn't sound like you subscribe to it. I, it is um, for people who um, kind of, for people who subscribe to that, then yes, it does feel very similar, um, but it is, it's just, it's a scientific evolutionary thing. Right. There's so much research um, that goes behind uh, some of those principles. So um, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay, excellent. Well, listen, I really appreciate both of your time this, uh, today and for sharing uh, your uh, intuitive expertise on uh, home design, I, I I just think everybody is trying to figure out how they're make how to make their personal space uh, as uh, usable, livable, and comfortable as possible. Um, so, Marielle, will you tell everybody where they can find you online and where they can find you on social? And then, Jill, if you would please do the same thing. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Marielle Heredia. And um, if you want to learn more about Vanmeter, VanmeterHomes.com, you can log in there and you can find out a lot more about us. Excellent. And Jill? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Eleanor Thomas Studio uh, for residential design and Intech INTEC group for commercial design. Excellent. I really want to thank you both for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Well, I greatly appreciate uh, everybody's time today. It was terrific to learn all about what's happening at our tech house. If you haven't gone, you need to check it out. And I'm going to give you a day. Ready? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go down to our tech house. You'll spend about an hour there, ooing and eyeing and participating in the new um, experience. And then right from there, you can walk down to the wharf. So walk down to the wharf, walk along Main Avenue, schmy around a bit, and then go someplace fabulous for lunch. And there you go. You have a terrific day. Uh, you can also walk over to the Jefferson Memorial if you're into walking, like I am. Um, it's a great way to round out your day. Uh, also want to thank uh, Marielle and Jill talking about home design. I, there's so much happening in the home design and interior world. Um, it's almost hard to keep up. So I'm so fortunate that these experts join me and share their expertise with all of us. As always, I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, please follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, you can always subscribe. Um, 
to Industry Night at Real Fun DC. Uh, they are playing this now multiple times a week on Real Fun DC, so please check it out. And of course, email me, Nikki at the list or you want it.com if you have any questions or want to hear um, anything happening in the DC metro area. Uh, thank you again for joining me. Please be safe out there, get vaccinated, mask up, and hopefully we'll be through this soon. Uh, I do hope your week is delicious. It's Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.